I guess it's your turn then. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm slightly intimidated by the amount of research that I've done on this specific topic. So. To be fair, like. Enjoy. It's going to. what? Oh, I mean, you did a lot of research on it. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I did a lot. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's a lot of stuff. So I feel like it's going to sound like I'm just reading it off of a paper. Okay. Because I have a lot of shit. No, I'm excited about this. This is going to be like our most like science and actual like knowledge heavy episode yet. <laughs> All the listeners are going to tune Probably, in and be like, this isn't, because this whole time we've been Maybe telling like, them, is <laughs> this whole time we've been telling them, don't come for science. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, I guess they're here for yeah. the science now. They're going to oh. get it whether, whether they wanted it or not. Um. But yeah, so this week I am going to be doing an animal that probably won't kill you. I'd be surprised if it killed you. I'll say that. And I'm going to be doing the sea otter. Yay! Yeah! It's like the first animal that I've done that literally will not kill you. I'm actually super excited about this because otters are so, so, so cute. Um, Ugh. They are! Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Is this, uh, are we going to... I have, I have qualms. Do you? With otters. Do you? Which we'll get to, but I have qualms with them. Hi, Key. Interesting. Um, I've always had qualms with otters. I've always been like this. Uh, particularly because they have a backbone and I'm into invertebrates, but you know, uh, Right, so it's not to be confused with either the marine otter or the Eurasian otter, of which there are both. Marine otters are more actually found in South America, though, and Eurasian otters are obviously found in Eurasia. As we established that Eurasia is (laughs) (laughs) earlier. If anyone didn't know what Eurasia was, um, I gave a very detailed uh, account of it earlier. So uh, please see Ellie's part. Yeah, we're not talking about it here. (laughs) So sea otters are actually one of the smallest marine mammal species, um, which kind of figures because they, like I've always thought, sea otters were like like a baby size. You know, like fit in the crook of your arm, kind of baby size. You know, okay, Um, which they're. They can be, but they're not typically. Um, And so they're actually one of the biggest of what's called the Mustelidae family. Mustelidae. There we go. Mustelidae family. Um, And that includes weasels. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) It's because you don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) uh, Ellie's also eating a pizza now. I'm going to tell everyone anyway, just in case. So she's like... I was committed. Stuff in her face while she's listening to me. I was, I was committed to just editing out all of the pizza sounds. Um, but I yeah, feel but like... You just squeezed a mayo bottle, which heathen. It's not and actually I mayo. I the squeak from the mayo bottle. It's, it's not actually mayo. It's garlic and herb sauce. What is it? Garlic and herb sauce. So ranch dressing, but ratchet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to be fair, yeah. ranch is actually like phenomenal, to be fair. We don't really do ranch as much here, though. Yeah. I know. I've been thinking about actually sending myself some ranch. Is that weird? You, anyway, back you to know, the Mustela uh, Wait, no. One more. Right. You know, Subway. Subway don't even do ranch anymore here. What? I was actually well upset. They took it off the menu. And it actually, like, <sighs> was painful. And I went in and I was like, where's your ranch? And they were like, 
we don't do ranch anymore. And I was that's like, that's actually disgusting. Well, I bet no one freaking, I bet no one from the UK ordered it on their freaking sandwiches. And that's why they were like, well, what's the point? You know, well, yeah, you, but that's because you already know of the glories of ranch mm. dressing. Mm. Also, blue cheese dressing is really hard to find in the UK. It's a big no from me, that is. Sorry. No, it's it's dank on, well, I dank. guess you'd, ha- you'd usually have them with like a platter of wings. Mm. And it's so good. Like dipping the wing with hot sauce into the blue cheese and then you eat it. So good. Yeah. I'll have to take yeah. your word for that. Um, <laughs> we could do fried tofu for you. <clears throat> Might taste similar. <laughs> anyway, back to the, anyway, the otters. Um, anyway, so back to the, the hilarity of... No, no, that, that's later. Um, so they're the biggest of the Mustelidae family, as I was saying, which includes weasels, badgers, ferrets, minks, wolverines, etc. And so actually I wanted to stop here because... Um, there was kind of a phenomenon, not early this year. Oh, I think it was last year. Shit, I can't remember when it was. I think it was last year because it was absolutely hilarious. Um, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is one of the aquariums on the, or like in the, the U.S. that still does um, thingy. That still like has otters in captivity. So okay. I think like Seattle Aquarium is another one of them that still has sea otters. I think there's like 40 aquariums in the U.S. that actually have them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I took a literal screenshot shots of this, and I'm trying <laughs> to find them to show them to you. Um, but oh, I'm just gonna have to fucking find it and then retake a picture of it because I took a picture of it a long time ago and I take too many pictures anyway. So the Monterey Bay Aquarium actually got in a spot of trouble like a year ago um as they (laughs) they've posted this picture of the sea otter this particularly thick sea otter um and i don't know if i can share my screen with you um but i'm gonna try i think i can so the monterey bay aquarium shared this tweet of the sea otter called abby and it was when Abby was especially large um, oh. <laughs> because she had been eating quite a lot. And I think she might have been pregnant. I'm not sure. But so they captioned it. Abby is a thick girl. What an absolute <laughs> unit. She chonk. Look at the size of this lady. Oh, Lord, she coming. Another internetism. <laughs> and, then, and then this took off. This went viral uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, and Lord, then, she so, coming. <laughs> So people like kind of were dying at the hilarity of this. Well, some people didn't like it, obviously, because it's, you know, like showcasing obesity and and maybe being a tad insensitive towards it. But um, yeah, and I don't think sea otters should be that large. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay, All right. I'm here for it. So, so they were like, hey, everyone, it's come to our attention that some of the references in this tweet are problematic and insensitive. We're posting it here in the thread so that people who have engaged with this tweet will join us for our learning moment, which I actually thought was very good of Monterey Bay Aquarium because obviously people make mistakes and whatever. But that tweet specifically sent me over the edge and I'll, I'll screenshot, I'll I'll post a picture of the screenshot of the tweet on our page. So you can see Abby in her thick beauty because she is a gorgeous, um, um, otter. But anyway, so she wants to leads me into my next, 
<laughs> she was an absolute like specimen. <laughs> um, and so, so this leads me to my next bit, which is like their um, body. What's the word that I'm looking for? Their anatomy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, morphology. Don't know. Um, so males can actually be about three to four feet long, which is actually really big. So like that's quite that tall. is that's actually like my, really big. Yeah, and they can be a hundred and nineteen pounds. Hundred and nineteen. That's a small child. So like where I'm thinking they they fit in like the crook of your arm. No, no. And then so I was I was like shook by that. And so then while females are slightly smaller, they're still about three to four feet long, which is still pretty good. And then the females can weigh up to 73 pounds. So the picture of Abby that the Monterey Bay posted actually wasn't her overweight. She's just within that, that kind of upper bracket of that 73 pounds. Um, But that does like their weight does fluctuate when like resources are. Do they not have like a kind of like an otter based BMI though? Like, Shouldn't it be like correlated with how <laughs> I like, don't know how like big how like but long also the they BMIs, are? BMIs BMIs have been shown anyway. to actually not be correct as well though because BMIs are based off your weight, which doesn't make sense because muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't mm. know if if because I didn't know how long Abby was. What if she's on I like the smaller side and she's just got all that uh, junk in the trunk? Maybe maybe. You know, I don't that's know. okay. We're here it, to support thick otters. We are. We're here for it. Abby, you're doing a great job. You're, you're great, Abby. We love you. Um, my next bit is that, so it's actually kind of interesting. So most marine mammals that we think of, so whales, mostly just whales, <laughs> dolphins, <laughs> not as much for this specific fact, but like whales, <laughs> mostly oh, just whales. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say when you're like, when people think of uh, like Marine mammals, they think of whales. Mostly just whales. That's what people think of. They just think about whales. <laughs> no. no. Uh, I'm trying to say that this specific, this, specific, this specific fact mostly pertains to whales. Um, not so much dolphins. Okay. But so most marine mammals have like significant amounts of blubber, and that's what helps keep them warm in colder environments, etc., um, and even though sea otters are actually kind of higher up, they're more like temperate to Arctic kind of zones um, in their distribution. <laughs> they, they they actually don't have as much blubber um, as as other marine mammals, and they okay. actually rely on super dense fur to keep warm. And how dense is their fur? You asked. I I did ask. How dense you, is their fur, ask. Katie? <clears throat> how dense? Yeah. Um, so where humans have 124 to 200 hairs per square centimeter. I mean, otters speak have, for yourself. I have about four hairs. Yeah, same. I, th- I thought that was actually a bit much personally, you know. Um, I have a very limited number of uh, hairs. But so guess how many hairs otters have? Like how many strands of hair they have in the same in the same area okay so if we have like 120 did you say and then mm-hmm. otters are especially thick i'm gonna say yeah. 1600 no not even close <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I love how you paused as well, like to let me think. Like I was like, mm, one no, not even close. I had to like draw it in my brain. Is that okay. pathetic? I was like, is that right? No. How many hairs does it have, Katie? Um, add another two zeros, and you'll be close. Oh my goodness! One hundred and fifty thousand strands of hair per square centimeter. So Abby's thick in all senses of, of the word. She's got that yeah. thick, luscious locks. She's got those. That, she does that chunk in the badonk. She got locks that make me jealous. Also, salmon. Get it? Because salmon is sometimes called locks. I love. I love. I like. I like salmon. Wait. I don't have a point to make. <laughs> I'm just eat this bit of pizza. <laughs> Christ. Oh my god. I've never actually eaten salmon. You've never eaten salmon? No, never tried it. Oh, it's really nice. I never will. I make I'm, a really good salmon. I'm a vegetarian now, aren't I? Well, I have been for ten More years. More vegetarian so. now. Um, so, in my pre, in my pre-vegetarian years, I was a bit funny about fish, mm. and then I went vegetarian. Why is it all English people are funny about fish? I don't Except know. For fish and chips. It's like for some reason the fried aspect. People are like, mm. Mm, it's fine now. But any any other instance, it's like, what's ridiculous is that one of the big things to do with like the Brexit negotiations was that we mm. wanted all of the fish. In, from yeah. British waters, but we don't actually eat that much fish. And so when, no. like, that was all like, okay, well, you, we get to keep our fish, within, like, a week, all the fishermen were like, all the fish are just dying on the docks because we don't actually eat any fish. And, like, this was, like, a yeah. massive thing where, like, the government was like, we want to keep our fish, and it's like, well, what for? Just to prove a point. <laughs> Export that shit. Export that I shit know. hardcore. I know. But, no, I've never tried it. <sighs> I, I was a big prawn fan. But that was oh, that prawns was it. are super problematic. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like troweling the bottom of the ocean, isn't it? And then loads of that stuff gets cut in the cut, cut in the net. Well, and... well, that and then also uh, because like Southeast Asian countries, they actually clear huge swaths of mangrove forests to make way for shrimp farming. Mm. And mangrove forests are absolutely imperative to maintaining coastline and protecting against coastal coastal erosion and yeah. then also protecting against like tsunamis, hurricanes, that whole thing. So it's really unfortunate because like and and they're also huge biodiversity hotspots like mangroves are. They like just massive amounts of biodiversity. And so they've basically been decimated by the shrimp farm in, like industry and so it's it, like shrimp is one of the main food groups that you shouldn't like ever eat along with like bluefin tuna but but you've been vegetarian for 10 years so you're I doing have, your part so I'm, I'm literally fine anyway also we're talking apologies, about otters. yeah apologies to anyone that can hear what's going on right now but i'm actually feeding pizza to beans so not only did you just have me eating pizza down the microphone you've actually now got a dog beans eating. nice he's got the cutest little mm. mouth though so it's okay wait in fact Beanie, get close to the microphone. Oh, is anyone going to want to hear Oh, that? my God, yeah. It's... it's so cute. I'm so glad I can't hear this. I'm not. I'm going to skip this part of the episode. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> right, so there's, like, two two parts of, like, the 
the otter fur, right? There's the really long hairs that kind of jut out and create the layer that we see. Okay. Um, just like with dogs, really, is in that, like, they have that long kind of just, oh, like, overcoat that just kind of hangs off and, like, deflects debris in this and stuff. And these hairs are um, waterproof. And then just like with dogs as well, um, Not beans, there's, though. like, an under fur. Uh, yeah, but um, there's, like, that... Like, with some dogs, I guess. Like, my dog, Max, mm-hmm. he used to have, like, the under fur that was really fluffy yeah. that they'd get in winter so that they don't get super cold. And that keeps and traps, um, like, air bubbles in inside yeah. um, inside of, like, the protective fur, which is the really long ones mm. that otters have. Um, and by doing this, the cold water is kept completely away from an otter's skin. And there's zero heat loss. We're like, not zero, but like super limited heat loss. Um, And unlike in dogs where like dogs have this kind of like shedding season and then like this other season where like they get the fur back, Mm -hmm. otter fur is thick year round and they shed gradually and and regularly. And then that it's like, there's not like a distinct like shedding season, you know, it's constant and they're constantly grooming themselves to like regenerate those hairs and regenerate that um protective layer and so the other thing that was i just thought was really weird was that so the sea otter actually has like because it's constantly grooming to like take take care of its fur and all that kind of stuff it has exceptional um what's it called like when you have when you can stretch really far like uh, motility flexibility um Flexibility, yeah. yeah. So it's really flexible. And further, it also has really loose skin to be able to um, to reach places. And its skeleton itself is actually super, like, kind of malleable in that, like, it can kind of, like, bend and twist to, like, get certain hard-to-reach places so that they can keep this fur relatively, hmm. up, up, like, nice. Beanie! Oh, um, oh, sorry. Beans has just managed to <laughs> get my old pizza plate pull it down, and he's eating the burger sauce off of the plate. Ooh. What is burger sauce? No, like Big Mac sauce. What's Big Mac sauce? Have you never had a Big Mac? Um, no, not really. We don't really eat McDonald's or fast food in my family. Oh, okay. Well, let me explain Big Mac sauce to you. It's, um, it's, like, a, it's like a nice relish. I think it's, it's kind of like a bit like tart... Just what you put on like a burger. Um, it's delicious though. It's the most delicious uh, condiment that's ever been made. Um, huh. In fact, when I go to McDonald's now, I order a yeah. <laughs> I order a Big Mac with no meat and put the put the chips inside the uh, the bun and have a a, a chip Mac. Uh, right. Okay. So the last fact that I have in this section, which is just. The general description, which is taking me forever, um, is just that they can live to be about 23 years old in the wild. So That's quite like yeah, a nice solid adult age. Yeah. Yeah. We would be dead if we were otters. We would. Mm. One of us a little bit more dead than the other, but both of us dead Shut none up. the left. <laughs> none, none, none the less. None the left. None There's the none left. of them left. None of them left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll get to that at the end, um, won't we? Where you tell me that the otter population's declining and there's none of them left. <laughs> <laughs> but 
<laughs> we usually save the doom until the end, though, don't we? She can see the future. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Shit. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, right, so we're going to go into a section which I have just called adaptations because otters have fuckloads, and I mean that literally. Um, so I'm just going to run through them, and comments are appreciated. Yeah. But from um, me. So, yeah. Okay. No, the, the listeners that 100% I cannot hear. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to send a comment, you can always send something into toxicologypodcast at gmail.com. But for now, yeah. I'm taking but the reins. Uh, just you. Okay. Um, right. So, adaptations. Their nostrils and ears can close when they, when they dive into wow. the water, which is a nice adaptation. No more, no more cold noses or ear holes. That's, That's nice. Can they not just like choose not to breathe through the nose? No, they, they want they want to close them. Okay, they're doing okay. Well, they're yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if if you can, why not? You That's, know, yeah, like fair play. Um, somewhere along the line, one of their ancestors was like, "I got this cool trick. Do you want to see?" And then they're all like, and "Yeah, like, give me some of that nose thing." I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for it. Like the the girlfriend was like, "Wow, that really does it for me." Um. <laughs> the way you close your right, ears, so baby. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like every guy I've ever been with um, has a magical ability to just close his ears every time I'm talking. So um, yeah, I think that's all men. Oh, uh, okay. That makes it feel not any better. It actually mm. fills me with dread. Special evolutionary trait <laughs> of, of men folk. <laughs> Um, so their hind feet, which provide most of like the, like the, like get going, like the propulsion, um, when they're swimming, yeah, they're, they're adapted to be fully webbed. And then like the, the, like what would be our big toe is, is, um, really, really long in their, in their, um, body so that it basically creates this massive webbing and it's almost like a, f- a flipper. Um, and yes. that's how they can kind of like propel themselves really fat fast um not really fat <laughs> um and obviously abby so like this this yeah abby propels herself really fat <laughs> <laughs> no she doesn't how dare you <sighs> um and so while this is like so this like specific adaptation makes it really easy for them to like swim around and stuff but makes it really quite difficult for them to walk when they're on land um which is actually something i'd probably pay to see um, their bones also show osteosclerosis, which means basically that their, their bones become really quite dense. And mm. this is thought to be in response to having such buoyant fur and, and outer coverings, because obviously they're, they're, you know, so that little soft layer of fur will trap that air so that they stay warm. But at the same time, it makes them a lot more buoyant. So That's they've actually adapted to have really high density bones to make them sink. Yeah. Um, to help counteract that, which That's, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also, this is another thing, is so that it's also highly buoyant because of it, its lung capacity. So it's about 2.5 times greater than that of like a weasel or like one of the other ones that it's related to that mm-hmm. lives on land. Well, you'd um, hope so, wouldn't you? So that just shows. Lines. Yeah, because they got to sit down for shit, you know? It's like. Ugh. Like, imagine just, like, diving down and being like, oh, never mind. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Uh, one thing that they found is that otters have like a super keen sense of smell. Mm-hmm. So when when like researchers or even like kind of hunters and pot like orcas and stuff like that, not even orcas, but like um, natural predators are around. If the otter is downwind of that, the otter will always kind of like always pick up on it and basically start like reacting like really fast to that to that um, indicator, um, which kind of shows researchers that their sense of smell is more important than their like sight. Um, in terms of like warning and then an adult's teeth, there's 32 of them. Um, but particularly the molars are flattened and rounded Mm. and this is to help them in crushing their prey rather than like, like humans have like a bunch of incisors. I think we have like three and then like Mm. canines and stuff. And that's to like help us rip and tear our food. Mm. Um, but most of like the otters is like molars and stuff and they have like only a couple of incisors um and it's interesting because seals and otters are the only carnivores with two pairs of lower incisor teeth rather than than three and this is specifically because of the type of food they eat which is largely like shell, shellfish and harder kind of things to crack ah, okay so they need um, it to to crunch <clears throat> crunch crunch yeah, mm-hmm. um, this one isn't actually an adaptation, but I thought it was interesting, so I threw it in here. And this is actually the reason why I chose to do sea otters. Um, so the teeth and bones of sea otters are actually sometimes stained purple. Like you find their their car- their their skeletons, and the skeletons are purple. Um, and this is a direct result of eating a lot of these. Like I think this is in California or something like yeah. that, but in on the on the west coast of the states, you get a ton of these really really vibrant purple sea urchins, um, mm. and that's what the sea otters eat. So that purple basically just goes through and dyes their bones and their teeth, well, like their internal bones as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's that's crazy, right? Yeah, like I couldn't stand their teeth, but that that's just a bit. I mean, Isn't that crazy? I mean, go off, yeah. <laughs> I found that on Twitter and I was like, I have to investigate. And then it turned out that it was literally just because of what they ate. And I was like, well, that makes sense because flamingos are only pink because they eat shrimp. Mm. So, But you can understand that more, yeah. it like permeating like the fur. Because like... Would it though? Like why, why would it permeate the fur more than the bone? Like, it almost makes sense more that it's the bone because it doesn't have to, like, manifest in a completely different color on the outside. Like, at least this is just, like, the inside. Like, it's already inside. We don't have to turn it into something else and then display it on the outside. I always just really feel weird when I just think about bones, though. And I think that's probably why. Like, I... It's probably why you haven't been boned in so long. Um, I don't need reminding, so Katie. I know, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's, to, be, to be fair, it has been a pandemic, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Christ. Um, yeah, no, when I think right. about well, bones, okay, so- I just think they're just kind of like... I don't know, I don't really like to think about them. And so when you think about like the food that you... I suppose the food that you eat... And the nutrients still travel around in your blood and touch you. Yeah. So moving right along, um, otters also have to eat about 25 to 38% of their own body weight every day 
to burn the calories necessary to counteract the amount of heat loss that they experience every day through the cold water environment that they live in. Yeah. Which honestly is a good argument for me wanting to move to Alaska. Like if I could eat that much one day, (laughs) because I just love to then I'd I'd move to Alaska. It's good that you're moving to the UK anyway from... And not going to be in South Carolina anymore, then, isn't it? Because we do, we are cold. Yeah, but I was in DC, and I would argue that DC is colder than the UK. Mm. Because Simon came over, right? Simon came over in January of not January of twenty, no February of twenty twenty, right before the pandemic hit, and. I was like, it's really cold. You're going to want like a puffy winter jacket. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be okay in my barber. And I was like, all right, fine. Oh. Like, if you think you're going to be okay, then, then like, you're fine. And so he brought his barber and he froze his ass off the entire time because the kind of cold it is in D.C. is like debilitatingly wet and Ooh. like it just like, as soon as you step outside, it's not even just like the temperature; it's the wind chill. Yeah, and then it's also the wetness of the air mm. like seeps inside of you. So I now literally have like a coat that goes down to my ankles that makes me—I call it my caterpillar coat—because it just covers me. And by the time I'm in it, you cannot tell who I am because I or like what shape I am because it's just puffiness down like my entire body. That's it's also funny. extremely warm. To be fair, I I don't even know if it was cold the other day, but I had, like, the coldest experience of my life. Um, I actually went on a date. Dating site? <laughs> Sorry. No, an, what a, happened? An actual date. date. How did you go on a date? Because um, you're allowed to meet one, one person outside at the minute. Um, All right. And so How'd I went... How'd you meet? Uh, on, on Tinder. Obviously, I haven't, mm, I haven't got the okay. ability to meet anyone in person right now. But so anyway, so we went on a walking date, and um, that sounds horrible. We took yeah, no, yeah, it was it was okay. And we took beans, um, and for some reason, nice. like my my body wasn't cold, but my hands were like mm. it wasn't even that my hands were cold, but they went like numb from the cold outside. I couldn't even like what put the? I couldn't even put beans's harness on. I couldn't, when Mm. I wanted to drive home, I couldn't even turn the key. Like, my hands literally malfunctioned. I tried to pick Beans up at some point. I dropped him. Not very far for anyone. Jesus. But, like, my hands. And I don't know Mm. what it was about, like, the atmosphere. That's so weird. The other day. Because, like, I didn't feel cold, but my hands were just... Just frigid. Yeah. Uh, Excuse you. Mind your fucking manners. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, frigid here means... um, that you're uh, like prudish when it comes to sex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean frigid isn't like as cold. in literal frigid. Yeah, not literal. like. <laughs> well, you are frigid, but yeah. not by intent. No, no, I, no. I actually will be. You know, when we come out of lockdown. It will have been so long that I'll have I'll have forgotten. You're gonna be like boys. Well, are unsure. No, no. No, just kidding. But anyway, no. yeah, we've seen your selfies. Anyway, um, I don't. Struggle. And briefly, I'm going to talk about their distribution. So, in case you ever wanted to find a sea otter, they used to be very, very, very widely found across the North and Eastern Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. 
so this is basically Japan, Russia, British Columbia, aka Canada, um, and then in the U.S. they are found in Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and California. So basically the entire West Coast, and then also in Mexico. Okay. Um, they're typically in water, in like coastal waters that are about fifteen to twenty-three meters, aka fifty to seventy-five feet deep. Um, and then they usually are within about two thirds of a mile near shores and look for calmer inlets that are going to provide some kind of like barrier to harsh conditions, especially like if it's super choppy out in, in the water and that they're going to obviously kind of want to shy away of that and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> right. So for behavior, the behavior section because I thought I'd I thought I'd cater a little bit to you. Yeah, you throw me and, a throw me a bone there as we've established the only bone that's been thrown my way in a long the time. The only bone that's being had by Ellie this week. <laughs> More than a week, Katie. It's been yeah, it's yeah. been a year. I was being kind. It's been eighty four years. <laughs> Amazing. Ten. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> it's kind of funny because the way that I divided it up on it, it looks like I just wrote behavior, clean freak, next section. <laughs> but obviously I didn't. Uh, but behavior, basically they are a clean freak. As we talked about, they, they have like that super like cleanly behavior where like they're constantly cleaning their coats, like constantly, constantly. Um, basically, if I could do that with a dry cleaner, my coats would look a lot better. Um <laughs> So in terms of their foraging, so this is like obviously how they they eat, um, sea otters will hunt in short dives and they'll dive often to the seafloor because they usually hunt invertebrates. Um, actually, that's not true. They can hunt a fair amount of fish as well, actually. Um, so they can also, during these dives, they can hold their breath up to five minutes. Okay. But typically they won't do that because it's it's obviously like it's one of those things of like it's that their limit. Um, so their dives will typically be around from like one to four minutes just to like come up well within that five minute time frame. It's actually kind of common in diving because you can in diving you can last um, about till around you know, like 100 or 200 PSI, which is basically like pounds per square inch. And that, that denotes like the pressure in, of oxygen inside your tank when you're diving. Okay. But when I used to work on boats and, and was diving regularly every day, we'd always be required to come up with 500 pounds per square inch. So although mm. we could go lower, it was really, really like not recommended. So I think that's like a similar kind of thing with how you know, sea otters can go to five minutes, but really shouldn't do. Because I suppose, it, it's yeah, str- strenuous. And I suppose you're just cutting it a bit um, fine, aren't you? Like, if you can only hold your breath for that long, mm. like how, like, because if a human was holding your breath, as the oh. time goes on, before you even hit your maximum, it starts to become like uncomfortable anyway. And imagine if you only had like five minutes to go into the grocery store. <laughs> To be fair, that's literally me what in the pandemic. I'm like, I need to like run in, get out ASAP. In and out. Um, and yeah, I suppose like you don't want to be like pushing your limits and then getting to the point where you like get distracted and then you're like, actually, you're, no, I'm you're dead screwed. now. Yeah. Yeah. Get like caught or in a like, big kelp Get or caught in, in kelp. Yeah, yeah. Or like under a rock where there's a predator. Like that would suck. Uh, right. Okay. So it's the only marine mammal... That's actually capable of lifting and turning over rocks. 
That's impressive. I was expecting more of a response. Um, but it is impressive because those I, rocks can be quite freaking heavy. Yeah, I think it's because I um, was... I think it's because when I think of otters, I always think that they're, like, using, like, rocks as tools and stuff. So I'm not shocked. Ooh, we're going to get to that. Ooh. But, yeah, I'm, oh. I'm not shocked by the fact that they can do it. But I suppose I am a bit shocked to know that they're the only ones that could mm. do it. But mm. then also, like, so how many, the- like, sea animals have, like, hands? <laughs> how many of them have hands and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. They're the only one with hands, for yeah. one. And then for two, they're the only one that can do this with their hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a good point. Like, 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 like uh, flippers in the corner being like, <laughs> I think you're actually doing a bit <laughs> of a, flippers. like, yeah, you, you're um, doing them a bit of a disservice, really, saying, like, they can't do it. And it's like, well... If they if they had hands, could they do it though? But then again, mm. that's like saying like if I had wings, I could then fly. So it's it's mm. it's one of yeah maybe we're not me. sure. Ignore me. We'll never know. Um. Anyway, so uh. Right. So it obviously often forages on the seafloor, as I've said. Mm-hmm. Um. It'll also like pluck. I don't know. I said pluck. It's because I have it written down. Definitely not copy and pasted from something, but um, <laughs> they'll pick, basically pick up snails um, and other uh, invertebrate marine organisms from kelps, and um, it can like dig into the the underwater soil um, or a substrate for clams and and like burrowing invertebrates and stuff like okay. that. Um, and then it's also the only marine mammal that will catch fish with its forepaws, so like its hands rather than with its teeth, which makes sense once again because most other marine mammals don't have hands. (laughs) 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 (sighs) The dolphin's like, what do you want me to fucking do? I know. (laughs) in the corner. (laughs) I know, bless them. Or not bless them. (laughs) The will's like, I got baleen. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. They're, they're all just doing their best, really, aren't they? But Yeah, they're trying. Um, that is um, funny, though. Right. Do, any, do any animals catch... <clears throat> oh, no, I was going to say, do any of them catch them with their hind paws? But we've just established that not many That'd of them have impressed. paws. That'd be impressive. Yeah, that would be a, yeah, a trick and a half. Why is it that the hand... Like, why is it that feet are so much more unable to, like grab things or like be useful than hands like why didn't we get opposable toes you know what i mean well a lot of like uh chimps and stuff have well not have more like useful feet than we do they yeah they have more utility in them yeah yeah but i suppose we why just aren't don't... they running the world because we smart <laughs> and we nasty <laughs> that one for sure yes yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I suppose we just don't really need to. We've got hands, didn't we? That's true. We've got we, hands. We just needed the one. We just needed the one. That was it. Yeah. Um, also, how gross is my freaking cut? I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, Yeet. yeah, we had a bit of a pun off yesterday for everyone at home. But um, oh, wait, <laughs> what was it? What was it? Oh, yeah. Because you were saying, because I was grating Parmesan cheese. And I said. And I had. You said Jesus, yeah. Or should I say Jesus? Jesus. And then I said that I probably could have done a greater job because it was a cheese grater. I feel like I was ding dang done. Right, back to business. Let's get down, let's get down um, business. 
<laughs> we're going to get into a specific example that I think is really interesting. And you actually already mentioned it earlier. So sea otters use of rocks, um, when it's hunting and feeding actually makes it one of the few mammal species to use tools. So you were absolutely correct in that they are able to use tools such as a rock. <clears throat> that rocks that they can do that. Am I, am I your rock? You actually are. Aww. You, you are. You are a rock. Thanks. You're, Aww, that's cute. You, I was high key expecting you to be like, no, bitch. You you hold me down. And you <laughs> Just call me gravity. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> right. Anyway, so, it, so for example, um, one observation by a scientist was that when uh, Otter was prying an abalone off a rock, um, the otter would hammer the abalone shell using a large stone. An abalone? Yeah. It's like um, an abalone. Is, they're actually really interesting critters. I should cover them next. Maybe, they're like barnacles. They're really cool. um, no, barnacles are crustaceans. Okay. Abalones are mollusks, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they're snails. So abalones are basically these snails. Um, do you know what a limpet is? I feel like a I do. Is are they the ones with the? Yeah. Oh no, that's a lamprey. No, I don't yeah. know what a limpet no, is. No, that's a fish. So a limpet is basically a snail that has this shell on it that looks a bit like a cone, and the snail will basically. The snail will basically, like, um, suction itself to a rock and then have the cone shape um, on top of it to protect it, the snail, from predators or, like, really rough waters, especially because limpets are, like, more likely to be found in a intertidal zone, so, like, where the tide comes in and out. Um, similarly, abalone are snails. Okay. Um, and they can basically suction themselves to a rock. Obviously they're deeper down than a limpet and they're quite large. They're like about the size of your, like a human hand. Um, really big Ooh. ones are, you can obviously find really small, like smaller ones, but they, they have this really interesting way of just like suctioning themselves to the rock. I've tried to pry off a limpet of a rock before it, most people that live near an ocean, like a rocky intertidal area, has either seen a limpet and tried to pull it off, and you can't. They're really, really hard to get off of a rock because um, they're just they're adapted for that. And similarly, so are abalone, and abalone are also super ancient, but they're basically like really cool. You can get you can eat them, um, but abalone in a lot of parts of the world are also endangered, and are, their shells are absolutely beautiful. I'll post a picture of the shell. Um, on this, I need to start a list. Um, but I'll post a picture of an abalone shell on the podcast Instagram, um, just so people can see what they look like. But they're really they're really cool and and incredible and really pretty. Um, anyway, so when an otter tries to hammer um an abalone shell or an abalone off the rock, um, one scientists found that they were able the otter was able to deliver 45 blows to the abalone yeah, within 15 seconds that is rapid 15 seconds so that's 15 blows 
for five seconds. That that's not like I, I don't know how that's possible, right? Because that like that's really 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 fast. It's super fast. Wait, time me. See how far we. Like, right, let's do it. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No one's gonna want to listen to this. We're sorry in advance, but we need to know for science. All right, I got. Okay, tell are me when you to go. counting? No, you. Or no, am no. I counting? You just tell me when to go, and then I'll do it. Okay, ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Actually, I'm not. I'm not even doing counting with the with each blow. I'm going okay, too fast on. to count. I can't count. I can't count it. Okay, hold on. Uh, I'll count it. I'll tell. Okay, I'm just gonna say three, two, one, go, and then go on, go. Okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna say no, three, yeah, two, but one, I can't, go, and yeah, but go on, go. No, I mean, I mean, I, know, I can't I'm count, count for you. I'm no, but I mean, for you. no, 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 no. I'm saying I can't count how many times I'm hitting it. I know. I'm saying I'm going to count for you. Okay. I'm going to count on the clock of when it's time for you to stop, and then I'm going to count how many times you hit it. Oh, you recorded me then. Wait. Wait. Yeah. So okay. I have 15 seconds on the clock. I'm going to count how many times you do it myself. Ready? Okay. Just just do it. Okay. Do it as fast as you okay. can. Ready? Okay. I'll tell you when to stop. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Actually, that gave me an arm you workout. You did well. That was 50. Ah, I'm faster you did than, than a sea Fuck otter. You. Fuck you, Abby. <laughs> granted, though, granted, also think that you're probably stronger than a sea otter and you're working in a less dense medium, aka air versus water. Yeah, fair point. And also, I don't know how like hard they're hitting the... the uh, it with the rock. That's true. That's true. You don't know the amount of force. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I'm about to tell you that. That um, also really hurt my arm. Like, I, that just made me realize how like painfully <laughs> unfit I am. The fact that I couldn't hit a, hit a table for 15 seconds without my arm so, like spasming. So, here, so here's an additional um, an additional variable. Um, so eventually, these otters can do this so well that they will release. The abalone will release. Okay. Under the under that amount of strain, um, and abalones can cling to a rock with a force equal to four thousand times an abalone's own body weight, oh which is actually quite a lot. Oh my god! So, um, and 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 so otters will actually require multiple dives to go down and release large abalones doing this this method. And and just hammering it. Okay. Yeah. You would not. Th- you wouldn't think that. Like you would think that the abalone just kind of like readjusted though when the otter went back up and be like, try again. Um, <laughs> I guess, but like, think about how stressed and like mm. jolting it is when someone knocks on the door of your house. You know. Yes. Like, and that's just a door. Like, it's not even you having to do anything. To be fair, you know, it's like, like when someone knocks at my door, I'm like. Yeah, and to be fair, it's kind of like if someone came and like punched me in the head 20 times, went away for two minutes and came back and punched me in the head another 20 times. Yeah, I'd probably be like, all right, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, 
Okay. You know? Yeah, I'm with I'm actually with you on that. Okay. Yeah. Um and so then let's let's revisit part of this example. So the rock that the otters are using to basically batter this abalone. So under each foreleg, which I assume is the like mm-hmm. what we'd consider arms, um, the sea otter actually has a loose pouch of skin, and that extends basically across the chest. So it's basically like built in pockets, except with your body. Um, well, what a dream. And then in... What? What Wait. a dream. Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> That'd be... We don't even get clothes with pockets, um, let alone like... No. <laughs> Like, what the shit? Um, and then, so so typically in these pouches, um, and usually the left one, because most otters are right-handed or right-pod or whatever, um, uh, the rock that they use to basically batter these these, these shells or, the, or these clams or, or abalone, et cetera, that's where the, the otter holds the rock. And actually, rotter, or not rotters, Nope. Otters have a specific rock. Otters. No. Rockers? No. Um, otters have a specific rock that is their favorite rock, and no. they will hold on to it for almost their entire life if they can. Isn't that cute? It's uh, like, no, it's my rock. It's really, really, really sweet, like, actually. Like, what if oh. they passed it down generations? It'd um, be like a family diamond, you know? I like crochet and otter. If you do, I'll buy it. <clears throat> I seen... claim it. No one, no listener can have it. It's mine. Did I show you my sloth? Except for this next bit, because it's actually kind of depressing. You did. It's gorgeous. I love the sloth. Oh, my God, no. We'll put up a picture of Ellie's sloth as well. It's really cute. Did I... she crocheted. Did I tell you what Eve said about it? What? So I spent like a week making this. Um, yeah, it's super cute. It is super cute. I'll accept that because it I is. I love it. And um, I sent a picture it's to It's adorable. My, I love it. And I made it for my niece slash nephew to be. And I sent a picture to my mm. sister and she just put, its hands are really creepy. And then... It looks like a sloth's hand. I know. She doesn't like it though. And then I put... Um, and then she put a vote up on Instagram that was like, Ellie just made me a sloth. Um, do you think it's cute? Or the other option was, hands are a bit creepy. <laughs> Oh my god, Eve is absolutely savage. I know, no, cute one though. And she did say she was like, no, it is quite Good. cute. Um, but well, I showed it to my mom actually, and Babs was like, I'd pay at least 15 pounds for that. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Okay, that yeah, makes Babs me feel better. Babs was well keen on it, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. Anyway, back to the otters. I would like yeah. to crochet an otter though. I probably will at some point. Yeah, if you well, I have to commission you anyway, so yeah. But I'd I'd be willing to pay at least fifteen pounds for each one. Oh no 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 no! It's like you can you can have a free. No, of course you can. No 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 no. I will pay. That would actually make me a professional. That would. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) Wait, add it to your CV. No, I like doing them for for gifts. Makes me happy. I know you do, but I'm more than happy to pay for them, and I have. The ability to. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, right. So we're going to go right into social structure as well, which uh-huh. is quite short, actually. So although um, each adult and independent juvenile forages alone, sea otters tend to rest together um, in single sex groups called rafts. And 
this is something that I think is the reason why like everyone loves sea otters and that like they're always holding hands and yeah. Um, and they'll like wrap themselves in kelp to make sure that they don't float away while no. they're sleeping. In. They are quite cute when, when they're resting. Um, and so rafts can actually contain about from, well, quite a range. So it's like from 10 to a hundred animals. Um, male rafts are typically larger than female rafts. Okay. Um, which is interesting. And, and I couldn't find any reason why that is. Um, just kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, but they'll form these rafts, obvi- or these rafts, obviously to well, not obviously, but they'll keep they'll form them, like we said, to keep them out from keep them from drifting out um, when they're resting or eating, um, and they'll also wrap themselves in kelp, like just to make sure that like when they're sleeping or something that they don't float away. Hmm. Um, fem- so I actually found one cute thing. So females apparently coo, which I, I don't know what a coo sounds like, but I, I assume it's like something like, mm, yeah, it's kind of like babe, like when you like coo at a baby, yeah, you kinda like, like, like or whatever. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it on, on YouTube. I'll see if, I'll see if I can find it. Um, and then males will, will grunt. Um, when they're also content, which is, you know, that sounds about right. I feel like, um, let's see. Uh, this is a baby sea otter squeaking. Oh my God. How can Beans even hear that? Beans, how can you even hear it? Oh, so that's a, that's a coup. How can Beans hear that? Because it's super high. Because it's coming through my headphones. There's no way he heard it. He did. Here, get him, get him to shut up and I'll do it again. You up? Beanie, get quiet. Him to be quiet and I'll do it again. Okay, you're yeah. just waiting to relax this a little bit. Beanie, quiet. Sit. 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 Sit down. Beanie. Oi. Sit. Do as you're told. Sit. Now. Sit. Quiet. He keeps doing this thing where he looks at me and he goes, because he wants to bark really bad. <laughs> and then he's looking, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to. Shut up. For fuck's sake. Right. Okay. Right. Do it again Okay, now. I'll try it again. Ready? Interesting. I don't know how we can hear that. Anyway, it's coming through my headphones. So he can little, hear it across the that's room. That's so weird. Quiet. No, that's enough now. Why. That's enough. I always thought he had shit hearing, but maybe he's just ignorant. Maybe he's just ignoring you. Greeny. Yeah. Enough now. One more, and you get a timeout. Right. So, um, uh, so males will typically grunt when they're content. Um, when they're distressed or 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 upset. The adults will make whistling sounds or they'll hiss. And then in some really extreme circumstances, they'll actually start screaming. Okay. So I didn't play that. No, yeah. Because that'd be terrifying. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. would not be having it. Um, and though they can be considered playful and sociable, they're not actually truly social animals. And then they, they'll spend most of their time alone and doing like hunting, grooming, and at, 
and and defensive maneuvers. Like they won't like attack in packs or defend in packs um, or like groom in packs or anything like that. They they typically will just be quite solitary. So it's just kind of the sleeping um, aspect. Yeah, it's mostly. It seems actually kind of like um, a response to purely just like trying to remain in the same spot so they rely on each other in terms of currents and that mm. um and 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 not like getting out too far because and and that that does make sense because because you can be quite jutted out especially in places like yeah. in places that i've been in california like you you can totally be taken out and then like a current can take you and it's interesting that they would do that because if they are mostly solitary and they're not actually social and they don't like hunt together or like groom together or really get much mm. benefit out of like being in a group those social interactions it's yeah. interesting that they would like help each other not to float away because you would think Drift like off. yeah you would think like fuck you like don't you're staying here you're eating my urchins you're eating my yeah doom, like that 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 territory yeah maybe it is just a purely case of like you know you scratch my bike i scratch yours kind of thing though because like if you prevent yeah. someone from floating away, then you're also... So it's probably... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also if resources are abundant enough... True. ...and that there's not competition, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, like, yeah, I guess I'll hold on to you while you sleep or whatever. Yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah. Um, right. So under reproduction. So sea otters are polygynous, mm-hmm. not polygamous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically is a form of polygamy, actually, um, where males have multiple partners that are female, but not the other way around. Yeah. Um, I just made like a really weird noise with my lips. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so temporary pair bonding will occur, though, within... Like, will occur for a few days between a female and uh, Eustress and her mate. So, like, basically, like, they'll they'll date and then basically he'll get her knocked up and then he'll go on and find, like, the next big thing. You know what I mean? Oh, bless. Bless. Yeah. Bless. Um, and then the other thing that is upsetting to me is, have you ever heard of a baculum? No. No. Right. So a baculum is a penis bone. Oh, yeah. No, I know some animals have this, yeah. but I didn't know that that's what it was called. Yeah. So it's called a baculum. Like an actual bone. it's basically, it's a literal bone mm. inside of an organism's penis. And there's, there's more than one Beans. organism that has this. Um, Stop. Stop. <laughs> And um, sorry, it's winding me up big time, big time. Is he? I, 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 oh, I just smacked my mic. Sorry, you have to delete that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so so otters have baculums, um, and for its size, actually, the male otter's baculum is extremely large. Um, oh. It's also bent upward, which Poor is weird Abby. To me. Um, and it can measure actually, so guess how, so for its size, right? So three to four feet, I want you to guess how long it can be. Up to a foot. 
No. It's not that long. It's still quite surprising to me, considering three to four feet, but not that long. It's not a third of its size. (laughs) To be fair, before Beans got his balls off, his dick was about a third of his size. And it was actually like... It was actually really... need to know that. No, it was traumatic. Um... But I'm it, now traumatized. I used to sh- t- show everyone as well. I'd be like, just look at how big his penis is, and ev- like, I just thought that was a normal conversation to have. But the amount of my friends sort of like, please don't show like my mum how big your dog's dick is, and I'm like, it's, it's <laughs> massive though. I was like, it's just massive. Oh um, god. Okay, but it's not- like that oversharing with your child thing, you know. I think. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's my kid. Yeah, it's like it's if interesting. I, if I want to show you my dog's dick, let me. But um. <laughs> but I got his balls off and then it it shrunk, which I very much appreciated. Yeah. Anyway. That's preferable. Anyway, so guess how long it is. Okay, so half a foot. In inches. Half a foot. I don't Yeah, actually you're oh. you're dead right. Yeah, so so it's five point nine inches in length. Which is actually still quite big that's, for something that can be three to four feet. That's larger than the average male penis. Right? <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> I was like, damn, maybe, that's crazy. Maybe anyway, I'm dating the wrong um, kind of man. Maybe I need to <laughs> find do- yourself an otter. Just kidding. <laughs> that's called bestiality. Um, right. So. Anyway. Mating uh, takes place. In the water, because they obviously can't maneuver very well on land. Um, And it's typically very, very rough. The male will typically bite at the female to find, like, a strong, like, place to to hold on. Um, And the thing that upsets me is that it's typically on the muzzle of the female, which for me, I'm just like, you can definitely, like, there's skin folds everywhere on a freaking otter. You can find a better place. Do they have face-to-face sexy times, then? I guess so. They must do, yeah. That's quite interesting because not many animals do that. Mm-mm. Not many. And there's... But I guess when you think about an otter tail and the placement of the reproductive organs of a female otter, it would be quite difficult for a male mm. otter to mount a female otter. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically... Um, <laughs> he's like a cat. Uh, like, literally, he's trying to knock all my stuff over because I'm not giving him any attention. Sorry for interrupting, but it's annoying me. Sorry, carry on. Bless him. Mm. If I was there, I'd play with him. I promise. Mm. I never tire. Um. Right. So typically, the the uh, so that that specific fact of the male biting the female on the muzzle pisses me off actually um yeah because it'll also often scar the face of the female the muzzle of the female um maybe she's into it though like eh, i don't know because then also they'll i like quite often hold the female's head underwater oh okay no yeah Mm. they're they're kind of dicks um they are they're they're a sixth dick Mostly. Mostly. mostly <laughs> At least a sixth. Um, right. And then so birth usually will take also take place in the water. And their birds only produce one, one pup at a time. Um, oh, okay. So that's kind of interesting. And then nursing will last about six to eight months. Um, but only depending. So it's actually kind of interesting. So nursing will only 
take place for like a time, like a certain amount of time period dependent upon where they are, right? So a Californian pup will nurse from six to eight months, but if it's in Alaska, it'll be four to 12 months, which is really interesting. Okay, that is interesting because that's a larger window. Yeah, and then the mother will also actually offer bits of prey at one to two months in Alaska, which to me is almost like trying to get a pup ready as soon as possible for the impending, like, foraging because it's a harsher climate. Do you know what I mean? So, I like, suppose, it needs to get used to not nursing. Yeah, I suppose also as soon as possible. the food resources are scarce for the mum, she wants to, like... Yeah, like, get rid ASAP, because she's investing a lot of her own energy. So she's like, you need to, mm. need to oh, one, two, one, do one. What? Oh, one, two, one, do one. What, is, what does that? It just means, ju- that it is. means just, they just need to leave, and goodbye. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, but, wait, well, I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, right, so then... The mother will also teach a pup to pretty much care for itself entirely. Um, so they'll practice swimming and diving and foraging. Um, and then, like, typically, initially, the things that the pup will bring up are of little food values, so like starfish um, and various rocks. Um, and the female will typically provide. Um, and then that's until the, the pup finds a rock that it likes. And then we'll kind of start understanding what food sources are actually of value. Mm-hmm. Um, put more pup mortality is actually high though, which is kind of, well, it's, it's pretty depressing. Um, and it, this is particularly during the pup's first winter. Um, and by one estimate, only 25% of pups will survive their first year. Oh my goodness. Um, And then pups born to experienced mothers have the highest survival rates. So if you're a first time mother, you're really not having a great time. Yeah. That's really interesting as well, because if they only have one pup, like, like a lot of Animals with really high mortality rates will have like loads and loads of pups or litters and something. So if you're having one and the mortality rate is that high, you're like, Geez. yeah. And it does, it will make sense later, especially as well when we talk about population densities mm-hmm. um, of otters throughout the, the globe, actually. Because It's interesting because when I first looked at it, I didn't understand the otter reproduction cycle. But now having looked at it, it's actually really interesting. Um, But we'll get get to that in a second. Um, So females, obviously, as I said, they will perform all of like the kind of, you know, um, tasks related to feeding and raising offspring. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have been observed to actually care for uh orphaned pups which Mm. is really cute um and then there's been a lot i was gonna say that also Mm. kind of makes sense because if more experienced mothers are more successful with their own offspring that could be Mm. like a like a um an adaptive thing for depending on why experienced mothers are more successful if it gives them like practice Mm. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually one of my yeah, thesis chapters, looking at whether or not um, being a help, like a helper, um, makes you a better breeder later on. So if you have you... breeding experience, interesting. Yeah. Well, and it makes and it would make sense in otters if they did do this because so otters actually so when they're foraging so typically uh, a mother otter will spend a ton of time. Um, grooming the baby, the pup's fur. Um, when it, it's when the female otter is foraging, it won't even leave the uh, the ba- the pup mm. with other otters. Right? Instead, it'll typically leave the 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 pup on the surface wrapped in kelp, and then go down and get and and get all the bits that it needs oh. to. Um, to keep it from floating away. And then if the pup isn't sleeping during this time, it'll typically cry if the mom's away. And then the bond between a pup and its mother is so intense that typically if, or not, not typically, but like um, it's, it's been often experienced or seen where mothers that have lost or their, their pup has died Mm they will carry their pups for days after the pup's death. So they, they have that emotional, like, connectivity um, to, that, to that pup. Um, so it is interesting that you mentioned, you know, that, that co-parenting or that, that, like, learning thing with the, with, um, the Seychelles thingy. Yeah, Seychelles Wilbo. <laughs> that one. Um it is interesting because I wonder, I wonder if anyone's ever looked into that for for sea otters. But again, you know they're extremely solitary, so probably not. I um, mean, it. it I I just made that brief connection in my head how you said that more experienced mm. mothers are more successful and them taking in like orphans. So I don't know. I bet. I'm, I mean, to be fair, I'm willing to bet that someone else has looked at it. Yeah. I wonder if anyone has, but it'd be a really interesting topic to see if if they do socialize in that like way where it benefits them because they've obviously been shown to socialize before in ways where it benefits them. But I don't know if they have done this specific circumstance. Mm. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to end on for their connectivity, or not for their connectivity, sorry, um, for their reproduction is that. There are, and this is one of the reasons why I have several issues with otters, actually, is that uh, there are several, not one, documented cases in which male sea otters have forcibly had sex or tried to with juvenile harbor seals and various other organisms, um, sometimes resulting in the death of those organisms. Um, But, yeah. That's like that's some kind of like dolphin level shit. That is, yeah, it is. But why? Because dolphins are also extremely like, Out of like um, for for sex. Just is it because they're for that. like confused, or is it because they're like just horny? Don't know. It's it's like dominance of the area mm. kind of thing. I think I don't know. And there's not been any significant research into this specific area, but male sea otters will tend to. Uh, exert their dominance over other species for whatever reason is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And so, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, although I like sea otters, they definitely serve an econo- or not econo- and, um, 
ecological importance. I hate that bit. I hate that bit. So whenever anyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to see out our stuffed animal. I'm like, <laughs> hopefully it's not a male. <laughs> just get one with ditties, like the, like the sky mm. whale. I was actually just talking about, I was going to just mention how delicious the drink is that I've just made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've got a rhubarb gin. Ooh. With cream soda. I fucking love cream soda. I fucking love cream soda. <laughs> I love cream soda. Oh, so good. Yeah. No, I, I saw it in the shop today because I've not had it in like years. And I was like, oh my God, I need some of that. That sounds dank, yo. Mm-hmm. Your girl loves one, gin, and two, a cream soda. Well, and rhubarb. rhubarb. I oh, love I rhubarb. Fucking, rhubarb fucking is love dank. Rhubarb. Oh my God. I used to make a rhubarb pie that was quality. Mm. She was a tasty girl. Oh my god, I actually have the funniest story to share. Okay. okay. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to leave it in because it's actually so funny. Mm. I was just thinking as I was saying then, like, I don't, I'm not, not sure if I actually want to include this, but I actually am because it's really funny. So when okay. my ex came to break up with me, um, he brought me a crumble. A breakup crumble. A breakup crumble. And it was a rhubarb. Oh it was a rhubarb crumble. Um, how how weird is that? Uh, it's either really really weird or extremely brilliant. Why brilliant? <laughs> Why brilliant? Because it's like, mm, like like if I was gonna if I had to break up with someone, I'd be mm. like, here's this thing. You know what though, Bye. and it wasn't his best crumble though. And I did make a point of telling him that afterwards. I did eat the breakup <laughs> crumble. I was mature enough did to you? eat and the breakup. Like, I was mature was enough okay. to eat the breakup crumble, but I was not mature enough to compliment the breakup crumble. <laughs> Maybe he and I will be on uh, Great British Bake Off one day, and I'll hopefully I'll beat him. Who knows? He is very good at cooking, to be fair, but. Yeah, um, but I wanted to be a pastry chef before I was a biologist, so. Yeah, well, maybe you can um, fight that one out between you. Um, that would be think, great. I think I'd love actually, to take someone out. I think he does, actually. i probably get to Great British Bake Off tent, though, and, like, explode. He really. did say that he does listen to these episodes as well. Which is, Hi, um, ex-person. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks for the crumble. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I could still make a better crumble. Though. Oh my god, no! Better than that crumble. That crumble was definitely not his best work at all. How dare you, ma'am? That was the saddest part. Have you part. seen my cakes? I make great looking cakes. Yeah, you do. Thank I, you. To be yeah. honest, I've never, I never got into baking solely because um, if I did, I would like mm. not be able to control myself. Or my eating. Honestly, habits. the worst thing about baking is when it doesn't go the way that you want it to, mm. and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Like you just have to start over, and that's just the worst bit because you're like, I can no, I can't fix it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's it's almost a metaphor for mine and my ex's relationship. <laughs> 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 He's like, like listening to this halfway through the episode and going, well, um. Done with this podcast now. Yeah. 
He was uh, like, this relationship relationship can't be fixed. And I was like, well, neither can this crumble, sir. (laughs) 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 Oh, Christ. Anywho. That's okay. Um, Right. So this is my... Shit, this is my only my third to last section. Okay. Um it's Oh short, my though. god. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I told you I did a lot of research on it. It's not my fault. Wait, to be fair, we might actually um, have to turn this into two episodes because this is gonna be like We might do. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, be okay. It's right. Right. Okay. Um so this is investigating otters as a keystone species. And for our listeners, a keystone species is basically the third species in a relationship that keeps the interaction between two species um, at a equilibrium or at like um, interacting at a rate that is beneficial to the entire ecosystem. Um, And this is like the main one that's given as an example in like pretty much any ecology class. I feel like it's a very common um, um, like example to be given. Mm -hmm. So Although sea otters com, um, consume over about 100 different prey species, um, the sea otter's diet consists almost exclusively over, like, it's almost exclusively marine invertebrates, um, which is like sea urchins, innkeeper worms, um, various bivalves, which includes like clams and mussels abalone and then also uh mollusks crustaceans and then snails um its prey can range in sizes so this can be like from limpets that we talked about earlier which are Mm -hmm. which can be really really small like um you know half a millimeter to uh, like giant octopuses um this prey well specifically uh Sea urchins um, can sea urchins, clams, and abalone. They can they can present in a range of sizes. Yeah, um, and so sea otters will typically go for larger sizes, which makes sense because they they want that bang for their buck, right? So they'll go for like larger kind of prey mm-hmm. rather than smaller because it, it it's more cost effective, really, in terms of their energy. Yeah, um, they're. Like I said, a prime example of keystone species. Um, and this was seen specifically in terms of sea urchins on the California coast. So sea urchins graze on the lower stems of kelp um, and specifically near the holdfasts, which are basically of kelp, the bits which, like, they're almost roots, but they, they, they envelop rocks on the seafloor. They, so they, they hold them the, fast. Yes, they do. <laughs> and so basically these hold fast bits, yeah. Um, they make it so that the kelp um, strand, which can be huge, like ab- absolutely like meters long, um, they, they anchor them to the seafloor. Um, but so sea urchins will graze on these lower parts of the kelp. Um, and this will basically sever the lower bits of the kelp and cause the, lar- the, the, the photosynthetic bits of the kelp to drift away and mm-hmm. basically decimate and um, contribute to deforestation of these kelp forests. Um, this will also contribute to loss of habitat um, and 
as a result, lots of nutrients provided by these kelp forests. Um, and then this can lead to really, really horrible effects on this marine ecosystem, which is extremely valuable. Um, and this is particularly because, one, it decimates the amount of biodiversity that can be held within that specific ecosystem. Um, without kelp, you don't get as much fish for height that, that can hide within the kelp strands um, or the kelp forest. Um, you don't have nearly as many um, benthic invertebrates that can basically latch onto these leaves and then, you know, kind of like proliferate across. Um, and then the the basically like absence of these also decreases the amount of nutrients in the water column. Mm-hmm. Um, furthermore, and that was me saying that, not me reading, because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> now I sound like a fucking scientific paper, um, but kelp forests also contributes, like, significantly to, um, CO2 reduction in that they sequester huge amounts of CO2, and yeah. there's actually been a ton of, kind of, like, ups, like, startups that are literally just kelp farms yeah. because kelp's, kelp is so efficient yeah. at sequestering CO2 that people are like, well, let's have every, every farmer do this. Um, and furthermore, again, not me, not the paper, mm. um, but furthermore, even though kelp itself is really good at sequestering CO2, it actually, when fed to cows and, 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 and bovine animals, mm-hmm. reduces the amount of methane mm-hmm. for UK people, methane for Americans, which is also a huge um, greenhouse gas. Mm. Um, it, signi- it reduces the amount of methane um, produced significantly when fed to cows specifically. So kelp is not only good when it's grown, it's good when it's fed to animals such as cows that are in such wide use nowadays mm. um, and, and significantly reduces the amount of um, impact that they have on the climate. Um, right. So I'm not uh, going to go on a vegetarian tirade again. No, no, no. I think, well, I think... <laughs> Honestly, no, no, no. It's it's, it's better. It's point, better than nothing. To have it. It's better than nothing. And here's here's the other thing, right? Is that you know I've had a lot of friends that you know weren't necessarily in the environmental field, um, especially when I was when I started up in DC. I had friends that didn't weren't necessarily as aware in the environmental field as as you know you and I are and they would come in and then they'd read all these books on the impact of literally pretty much everything yeah and they'd go vegan and I'm not saying no one should be vegan or anything like that I'm not saying that at all but what I am Mm. saying is that if everyone did a little bit more than they're doing now yeah and myself included like if I did more than I did now I'd have a better impact on the ecosystem um that is our planet and I and I do try to do better every day yeah um but there are people yeah yeah, I mean like everyone has a lot of work they can do right Uh, yeah like as an ex-vegan I have a lot of ex-vegan guilt. Ex-vegan. Um, yeah. Like I should. But, you know, I always feel like I could be doing more. But to be fair, if everyone just reduced. Did more. Reduced yeah. to use recycle. Right. So um, 
to put a, a, a period at the end of it all, um, otters, because of their predation on sea urchins in mm-hmm. a number of these, these areas where sea urchins have proliferated to then take out kelp forests, um, sea urchin predation, despite their numbers not being that big, has actually helped keep urchin levels um, to a point where they're controlled and keep cal forests um, proliferating hmm. and the sea otters levels um, proliferating. Um, second to last section, predators, it's super short. Um, it's m- kind of a vast array of things. So for pups, it's mostly orcas, sea lions, and bald eagles can can grab these little babies from the surface. Bald eagles. Um, I know, right? It's horrible. Just like um, sweep in and nip them off the <laughs> nest. Yeah. Um, oh. Have you seen horrible. that video um, of that eagle like swooping down and just picking up that toddler? I have done. What oh the my shit? god! No, it's like that's terrifying. Terrifying, but also I hate that I laughed. <laughs> I hate that I laughed. I love that you're like a vegan. You're like make Earth prosper, but then you're like, <laughs> no, the child was fine. The child was absolutely fine, and it only picked it up for like a, it yeah, only fucking just fucking eagle wasn't after I bet. No, it only literally just got like no. a little bit of lift off the ground <laughs> if the child had actually been like taken away i definitely wouldn't have found that funny but it wasn't it was just raised <laughs> off the ground and then i was i was like oh it my god fine. in fact i actually think i showed my mum that video and i was like ha 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 yeah. if, i'm gonna have to cut this out because it makes me sound like a terrible person and my mum was literally like why would you laugh at that that's actually ho- horrific and i was like it's, it's pretty funny it's, it's pretty, pretty funny. funny i'm not gonna lie it's pretty fucking it's funny because funny the kid was fine um, because the kid was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. If the kid died, then it'd be like, ooh. Yeah. Um, right. So those are those are uh, in the water. But on land, sea otters can actually face attack from bears and coyotes, which, like, that would fucking suck. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then specifically in California, great white sharks are primary predators of sea otters. But there's no evidence that sharks actually eat them. So they'll just fucking, like, tear them to shreds and then be like, bye. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, The other major I thought sharks were relatively, like... Like, my perception of sharks is that they're relatively, like, friendly unless they just wanted to eat. Like, they don't just bite humans for the sake of it. that's exactly right, yeah. They bite humans because they were seals, don't they? Really, it's really misperceived because they're mostly just curious, but the Mm. way that they are able to... Uh, show that is by biting because they bite things to see what they are. Yeah. When they're curious. And so, like, you know, if there's a tire in the water, they bite the tire and they're like, oh, it's a tire. But if it's a kid, then they bite the kid and they're like, oh shit, it was kids, something. Yeah. And Should then they'll, yeah. Because they don't really like eating, they don't eat us. They're like, yeah, they'll no, just bite no, us. No, no, no. No, but I suppose. Oftentimes they'll, they'll just bite you and leave you alone because like, they're like, mm, I don't want that. You to be fair, I mean? though, like, oh, no, actually, because otters are quite big. I was going to say, like... Yeah. yeah so I was going to say, like, it's probably three just four, the equivalent of, four, like... It's like the size they, of a child. Yeah, like, if they took, like, a bite out of us, I was going to say, like, that's, like, the whole otter, but it's not. Otters are, like, mm. long, mm. long, long. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, don't like So them. the other major predator that I put under this is actually urban runoff. 
um, because it transports cat feces into the ocean and it brings a couple of different parasite parasites of cats that can kill sea otters in the um into the water column so these parasitic infections um oh no there's another parasitic infection called um scaro oh god sarcoxycystitis neurona that's not right i'm gonna say it anyway um, so, Sarcosity cyrus. S A R C O C Y S T I S. Sarcosis. Sarcosteus. There we go. Sarcosteus neurona. Sarcoidosis. That one. Sarcoidosis. Yeah, sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis. Yeah. Sarc. Is so that, wait, is that the right one? No. I don't know. Wait, how did you spell it? S-A-R-C-O-C-Y-S-T-I-S. Sarcosis. Sarcosistis. Cystis? Yeah, that one. Sarcosistis, Neurona. Cystis. It might be Cystis. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Sarcosistis, Neurona. Yeah. Which is also associated with human activity. And according to the U.S. Geological Survey, um, Geological Survey and the CDC, northern sea otters off of Washington have been infected with the H1N1 flu virus, mm. and that's yeah, um, they may be bird a flu, newly identified what H1N1 is bird flu, isn't it? Yeah, it is bird flu, mm. um, and they are apparently well, they may apparently be a newly identified animal host of the influenza virus. So. Yeet. Ooh, pandemic. Uh, and then we're in my life Pandemic know, right? again. <laughs> Can't handle this. Um, right, so population decline. Um, populations. Pff, populations um, were originally thought to be um, between 150,000 to 300,000 individuals across various colonies. So that includes like across the North Pacific eastern and western pacific um yeah and then fur trade actually in the 1740s reduced populations to a thousand to two thousand colony oh. two thousand individuals in 13 colonies so it went from 150,000 to 300,000 to 1,000 to 200,000 individuals total. oh my goodness wait is that yeah, two thousand really so that's two thousand split across 13 colonies yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not that yeah. many, is it? Yeah, it's not very good, no. Um, so there's varying levels of recovery. Um, sea otters currently have stable populations in parts of the Russian East Coast, mm. Alaska, British Columbia, Washington, and California. And then there's reports of recolonizations in Mexico and Japan, Studies between 2004 and 2007 gave a global total of 107 individuals, which is actually a huge, huge number when you consider that we came from 1,000 in the 1740s, but also considering the time that it took Wait, to get there is you said 107? 107,000. Oh, okay, 1,000, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, that's good. I mean... But it's still not that much when you consider that it took almost 300 years for us to get mm. back there. Yeah. 
Um, Russia does have the most stable populations, where in the 1700s there was around 20 to 25,000 left. Um, or no, 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 there was around 20 to 25,000 individuals, and then it dwindled to 750,000 individuals. Um, mm-hmm. And then by 2004, it recovered to about 200 and no, 27,000 individuals. Um, but growth has dwindled in Russia, which has indicated that there's like it's reached carrying capacity, which mm. is like the amount of individuals um, that can actually persist within a certain area given the amount of resources. Um, then the historic population of California sea otters was actually estimated at 16,000 before the fur trade, um, but obviously. The population was decimated, um, and this actually led to their assumed extinction. Mm. But there are there were um, about fifty that were actually found in Big Sur in California in 1938, which indicated obviously that they weren't extinct. Um, and then in the late 1890s, the USFWS, which is the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, um, they relocated about 140 sea otters, sea otters to this island basically in Southern California because they hoped to reestablish or establish a preserve population. Um, if the mainland was struck by an oil spill, which is actually super depressing because Wait. we literally have to fucking make wildlife relocations there's, in the anticipation of wilds of oil spills. There's islands in California. Yeah. Off the coast. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Oh, is that like Santa Cruz? No, no. Where's, that's, where's that's that? Inland. Oh, uh, that's like northern up the, the coast. That's where my friend Austin actually lives. Hmm. Shout out to Austin. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Did not know yeah. that. But they're expensive. Yeah. Lower, lower. There's lower. There's islands, but you can't like live. I, I don't think you can live there. I don't think they're like super inhabitable. Other oh. than like um, uh, Del Coronado. Which is like an island, like just off of San Diego. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they they established that reserve um, to like, you know, make sure that otters would have a place to live if oil ever hit the mainland of California. But the otters actually ended up being like bye and swam back to the mainland. <laughs> And then another group of 20 swam 74 miles to the north um, to San Miguel, San Miguel Island. Um, And then they were captured and removed from that island. Um, Just so because people couldn't keep an eye on them. Um, By 2005, only 30 otters remained at San Nicolas, which was another, like, preserved. Um, And although they were slowly increasing um, on the island, they... Oh, no, that's not a sentence. Perfect. Amazing. That's actually the story of my life, to be Uh, fair. Whenever I write anything. That's not a sentence. That's not a sentence. (laughs) Or whenever I'm speaking as well. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Um, Anyway, so... uh, Although the southern sea otter, which is the sea otter that we're talking about, has continuously expanded for the um, population of about 50 individuals in Big Sur um, that we talked about that was founded found in, like, you know, ni- the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was protected officially in 1911, and then from 2007 to th- 2010, um, otter populations and their ranges cont- um, were like pretty much stable to 2010. So they didn't really have like a huge growth or anything. Mm. So they, they've they've maintained this like number of population, which makes sense when you think about like their pup survival rates and mm-hmm. um, all that. And then recently a toxin called microcystin, which is produced by a type of cyanobacteria, which can be quite poisonous. Yeah. Um, and is typically found in a type of shellfish. So, like, it's why, like, when there's a huge cyanobacteria bloom, people in Florida can't eat selfish, shellfish. Or, um, but since that's the otter's main food source, main food source, there we go, um, the otters are poisoned by this microcystis um, cyanobacteria, which just occurs in, in, in the seawater naturally. So it's, mm. it's a bit shit. Um, uh, but it's exacerbated, exacerbated by septic tank and agricultural runoff. So, Mm -hmm. so human activity is kind of fueling these, um, these blooms of, of these bacteria. Um, anyway, so, um, Sea otters in the United States are actually listed on the Endangered Species Act. And so some some groups have advocated for them to be delisted. Okay. Um, and the Endangered Species Act just gives them, like, certain amount of rights, certain amount of rights to, to proliferate and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems unlikely that they will be de- delisted. Um, Why do people is- want them to be delisted, though? Because they're like, oh, they've recovered a certain amount, but really it's not that much in terms of, like, it, it has to do with, like, shifting baselines, kind of, mm-hmm. in that, like, oh, well, since this time we've seen, like, this amount of growth, and, but, like, since this time, like, in the early 2000s, we saw a larger growth in their population than we did in the 1900s. But basically, that that, that doesn't really mean shit. Because mm. <laughs> we... Because I think we only ha- still have like three thousand individuals max in yeah. California. I didn't know if there was so just another really that motivation. Much. Like, if they're not allowed to, like, if they want to be able to, like, no. be like, get the otters off my boat. No, no. Well, and and, and otters don't even in like inhabit places that that would have an effect. Mm. Um, so. Uh, where I read uh, endangered species the endangered species act delisting seems unlikely due to a participant's population decline um, that was recorded in the spring of 2017 mm-hmm. um, in the survey in the sea otter survey count um, where the 2016 high of 360 3,615 individuals went to 668 individuals. So this was, in 2017, a loss of 25% of Mm. the California sea otter population. So since then, it's been like, no shit, it's going to remain listed because we're still experiencing significant losses. Yeah. Um, 
it's sea otters are no longer legal to hunt except for by indigenous populations in the states um and Nowadays, the most significant threat to sea otters is oil spills, um, which they're particularly vulnerable to because they rely so much on their fur to keep warm. And obviously, once their fur is Mm. soaked with oil, um, it's unable to retain air and therefore hypothermia occurs extremely fast. Mm. Um, And then obviously, the internal organs of the otters are affected by the oil that they breathe in when this happens. Um, for example, the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989 off the coast of California, actually, no, not off the coast, uh, in Prince William Sound, um, in like killed thousands of sea otters that we had, we had kind of helped. Um, so they really don't react well to that kind of thing. So we really need to pivot from that. Um, we hadn't already needed to. Hmm. Um, and then sea otters are sometimes blamed for um, fisheries depression. So in species like abalone, clams, crabs, um, and various other shellfish, sea, or sea otters can be kind of blamed for depressions in those populations. But it's really actually not um, sea otters having that major of an influence on them. And it's actually mostly by... Um, overfishing and then sometimes seismic activity that has um, an influence on the reduction in the numbers of those species. Also, um, there comes a point where you've just, like, humans need to learn to share. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like... Actually, I'm just going to end on that. Humans need to share, because that was my last point, <laughs> is that <laughs> it's... Like, humans are like, mm, but the sea otters are eating it all. And it's like, yes, that population of individuals or, like, of a, cr- a certain creature that we've absolutely decimated yeah. is, is the real reason fish. why our fisheries are absolutely screwed. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. No. no. Um, we need to share. But, yeah, so that that is the sea otter. It needs help, despite the fact that it does kind of rape young <laughs> wildlife that is... Not even in its, in its same species, but... Um, I know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a sea otter. I, well, I really enjoyed that. I learned a lot. Like, yeah. Very, very good. I mean, I didn't like learning about the um, rapey, rapey behaviour. Um, no. Or the decline. Yeah. no, It's d- a bit depressing. D- did not enjoy learning about that. Yeah. But um, rest of it, loved I love I love the pockets. I love the built-in pockets. Mm, built-in pockets. Yeah. When yeah. I come back, I want built-in pockets as a human. Do you know? Yeah. But, yeah. We got the space for it as women, especially. To be so fair, yeah. I don't have any boobs. So no. Instead but if of you boobs, did, imagine the pocket that that would create. No, I mean, I mean, I've got the ability. To create mm. like stone holding ca- stone holding yeah. cavities, like what if what if they were just shaped so that you exactly. could shove some bits in there? Yeah, yeah, that's well, what I, I guess mean. that's what a bra is for. Yeah, it would just be very heavy breast yeah. implants. <laughs> very very heavy, but yeah, that's okay because yeah, that means I can smash all the um, all the underwater snails. Smash that them I want. abalone. Have you actually seen yeah. that video of that woman smashing watermelons with her tits? No. Okay, well that's something for you to look at 
when we finish. Incredible. What a talent. <laughs> iconic. But yeah. Literally iconic. Iconic. Wow. Like, well, look at that. It's another episode of Intoxicology in the Box. Maybe even two. Um, yeah, we'll it might be fucking two. Um, for fuck's sake. It's literally so long. Um, but but yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. Reevaluate your eating habits. See if you can do a little bit more. Um, and thank uh, you, listener. If you um, want to get in touch with us, you can find us um, mm. on Instagram or Twitter just by typing in at Intoxicology. Or if you mm. want to email us, we're um, intoxicologypodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a yeah. website, which is just intoxicology.com yeah. and a Patreon. Yeah, if, if, yeah. In fact, if you, if you feel so inclined to give us money, cause God damn it, we are poor and, uh, <laughs> I very much need it and it would provide an insect. Like we're going to keep going for a while, but Obviously, and also you would be our first. We've not got like, I don't know if we should admit this, oh. but we haven't actually got a Patreon subscriber yet. So if you yeah. want to be our first ever Patreon subscriber, we would what? love that so What much. an accomplishment. You could put that on your CV. I know. People would be like, what is this? And you'd you, be like, let me tell you. You're essentially um, buying stocks in a startup. You are. You definitely are. You're an investor. Get Griffin and then, and then invest in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, add that to your CV. Perfect. Investor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, investor. Yeah, uh, uh, stocks, stocks, stonks, monitor. I don't know, <laughs> stonks, stonks. <laughs> Count. Um, yeah, yeah, but we. Um, I was gonna say something else, but we, we really appreciate you being here, and uh, I don't know. I guess um, until stay next periodically time. Periodically drunk. Yeah, yeah. If you want to. If you want to, you don't have. It's not required. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you endlessly.